There's no question that today's awareness of subjects like health equity and the social determinants of health are greater than they've ever been. Yet despite all that attention and lots of well-intended trial and error programs to help address those problems, it's been particularly difficult to do that in a quantifiable, measurable way. Thankfully, that's beginning to change. Hello and welcome to DataPoint, the podcast about all the ways that data and analytics are driving innovation in healthcare today. I'm your host, Greg Matthews, and our guest today is Halit Maydar Alfi, the founder and CEO of Spatially Health. Spatially Health is a company that is tackling the problem of integrating data related to the social determinants of health directly into more traditional data sources like claims and electronic health records. And they're not just doing so at the zip code level, which is typically as granular as we can get in terms of aggregating data. Spatially is now coming out of a private beta phase and looking for partners among health plans, benefits advisors, employers, and others who want to dive deep into understanding a new kind of risk score, the spatial risk score. If I've gotten your attention, and I sure hope that I have, be sure to reach out to Halit and her team at Spatially Health to talk about how you can work together and enjoy this conversation with a truly visionary healthcare leader. Hilit, welcome to DataPoint. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Greg. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you because the work that your company is doing, I find absolutely fascinating. We've had a number of guests on the show who have focused on various aspects of social determinants of health and health equity. And to be able to talk to you who are very focused on helping to quantify those things is uh, something I'm very excited about. So glad you're here. Thank you. Me too. So as we, before we dive into the substance of your work, I always like to give our listeners a little bit of context about who you are and how you got here. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and sort of what pointed you to the work you're doing in healthcare today? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, so my background, I'm actually a trained architect, um, and I worked in that field uh, for a little bit earlier on. Um, ended up working in lots of different projects. One of them was in a healthcare studio in Princeton, New Jersey, uh, where I ended up working on a number of different um, healthcare projects like emergency departments, um, pediatric oncology uh, centers. So that got me started or interested in healthcare. At that point, I went to grad school to get a PhD in city and regional planning, thinking that I'll be doing essentially big architecture, uh, but really ended up focusing more on the non-transportation infrastructure systems, which I found fascinating, uh, just quickly realizing how much of an influence that has on our lives, on our daily lives, the decisions that we make, how we live our lives, uh, and was really fascinated by researching and understanding what are the different connections that we have um, in space and different points in space. Can you give um, us a little background in terms of what, what's it, what are some examples of non-transportation infrastructure systems that might be relevant in this context? Well, traditional non-transportation infrastructure systems, if you talk to municipalities um, or in academics, you know, it's housing, um, it's uh, education centers, institutions, um, roads, of course, mass transit, looking at uh, different um, healthcare systems. Uh, but in my research, I also expanded that uh, view into the more retail and commercial side, considering those also systems in our lives that we need to take into account. In fact, we probably 
use those more than any of the others on a regular basis. Uh, so that's something that I felt needed to be part of the conversations and part of the evaluation of, you know, how different places uh, in any city really provide for our lives and for the betterment of our lives. Interesting. And I apologize because I completely interrupted your flow there, but I think that's really helpful to have that context just in terms of the definition. So as you're getting your PhD with this focus on these infrastructure systems, again, as you noted with uh, you, you had added in some pretty interesting things there that cities may not traditionally think of. Walk us back into the process. So how did this wind up leading you into the, the work that you're doing today? Interesting. Sometimes you look back and you say, well, how did I get to where I am today? And then you maybe notice some of the markers looking back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So right. um, as part of the grad, uh, grad school work, uh, you do become aware of the different you know, concepts that, that are out there and definitely access to healthcare uh, and the need for it was one of the concepts we talked about. Um, fast forward several years, um, I, um, you know, graduated from school thinking, okay, I really like academics. I really like the research part of it. Um, you know, maybe this is a place where I can grow uh, and, and continue to develop. Um, but uh, then quickly realized that um, I don't think academics is a good place for me. I tend to uh, think about things a little bit differently, um, not quite, you know, follow, you know, one particular, um, um, you know, line of thinking. So um, got the, uh, the, the bug, the entrepreneurial bug um, and said, okay, I got enough understanding here. I think there's a market for what we can produce from maps and from understanding um, places and locations the way that I was able to develop it. And I've been working in that realm for almost about 10 years now. Um, And that was uh, a long journey as well. Um, Started working a little bit in real estate, um, moved on to uh, small and medium businesses, um, got very involved in digital products uh, and designing digital products, and not too long ago made a really hard pivot into healthcare after learning that, you know, this concept of social determinants of health has become uh, almost like a calling card. Um, mm. it's, uh, there's a lot of talk about it, and I felt like it's a little bit misguided, and there was a lot of work that we can do uh, as a company and with the tools and the platform that we have. So got involved in that, and um, looks like uh, there's a lot to talk about. (laughs) Exactly. I can think of so many examples of things that might not seem readily apparent, but when you have access to the right data, they actually make sense. And I actually think about the fact that I love riding bikes and I live maybe two miles from the center of Austin. And so you might ask yourself, boy, Greg probably rides his bike downtown all the time. And the fact of the matter is, I don't even own a bike anymore. Uh, and if you looked at, uh, you know, if you looked at the map, it might not make sense. But if you then consider the fact that I live on the top of a very high hill, and that there are no bike lanes and no sidewalks, and it's a very heavily trafficked road between me and downtown, it it would make sense. Why isn't Greg riding his bike? Uh, and I'm guessing that that's a, a very specific sort of microcosm of the kind of things that you're seeing as you are looking at municipalities and how those social determinants play into healthcare. Am I right? Uh, Very much so. Yes. It's really understanding, you know, what you have available to you and, and, you know, looking at it from um, the 30,000 
6,000 feet. Um, it's under, being able to understand what is available to you um, and then what do you have access to at, at, from any given location. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes the big difference in the choices that you make um, and how you end up living your life. Absolutely. And, you know, things like, am I close to a bus stop? Uh, do I have a park nearby? Is there a, a grocery store that sells healthy food in my area? I, I'm curious about things like, you know, there's been so much buzz recently about transportation deserts and food deserts uh, in urban areas. Are those some of the things that you're focused on with your customers uh, as, as they're evaluating social determinants? Yes, um, as part of a much broader picture. Social determinants is uh, a very large concept, and it's actually mm-hmm. a concept that's been around for a while. It came about from policy several decades ago, even though I think it was the World Health Organization that actually coined this concept and has been looking all over the world. But the, the World Health Organization and similar organizations really look at this problem um, from a very, very large scale. Um, So from that perspective, uh, it's very useful, um, but it's also very conceptual. It doesn't become operational so quickly. Our biggest task is to take, you know, social determinants as an inspiration for what we do. That's basically the the starting point, but we collect a lot of other information. Uh, We disseminate it and project it onto maps. Um, through several different techniques. And that allows us to really break apart the different components in order to be able to measure them. Because at the end of the day, if we're applying social determinants because we identify that there's some grand problem, we want to be able to change that problem, right, and fix it. But you really can't change what you can't measure. So that's the big push of, of what's going on at Spatially Health is to be able to take all these different components, make sense out of them, um, not make, you know, large assumptions because, you know, social, certain, excuse me, um, factors uh, are affecting a population um, in, in, a, in, a, in a European country. That might not be the same thing that's affecting us um, in a U.S. neighborhood. Sure. And even neighborhoods within the United States are very different from one another. Even areas within a zip code from one corner to another are very different from one another. So, so- it's really a matter of getting to that granularity. Um, so that we can uh, start measuring these different components and uh, really be able to provide the the data and the insights um, for actionable uh, insights and to make the changes that we're looking for. Excellent. And that's actually a great place. We're going to take a quick break, but stick around. We are going to be right back on DataPoint. And you're back on data point. Halit, when we left for the break, you were talking about some of the, the uh, importance of the granularity of the data that you're able to access to be really actionable for Spatially Health's customers. And I thought it might be useful to talk us through an example. Um, can you give us, let us know what, you know what does that granularity look like and what kind of insights are you producing you know, and what kind of actions can result from them? And I know that there are probably a universe of them, but maybe pick a, a common use case. Sure. Um, so if you stop to think about it for a second, healthcare likes to talk about its populations and zip codes. Mm. Um, but if you really think about it, we're talking about the health of a population based on the postal carrier's routes. 
Um, so it's a really curious kind of unit to be analyzing. A, mm -hmm. because you really can't compare one zip code to another. It's very difficult. And uh, the other is that if you look within a zip code, often enough, um, you can have variations and sometimes great variations within the zip code. So what we end up doing is really averaging that all that out. Um, and we don't really see the tail ends, which is often where we do need to pay attention to uh, in order to make the right changes and the right adjustments. Mm -hmm. So, for example, we've developed this concept called a spatial risk score. Um, so, you know, there's probably very different uh, um, forms of health scores out there depending on, you know, what platforms you're using. But the health scores really take our, um, you know, our clinical data um, and composite, give us some kind of a score of, you know, how healthy we are or from an actuarial point of view, you know, what kind of risk are we as, as a, a member or as a patient? Um, so, you know, off that same concept, we developed uh, a spatial risk score, taking all those different points in space um, and combining all the different factors that we're looking at uh, and really giving a score, you know, say zero to 10. So with the spatial risk score um, as, as a big um, idea, or at least, uh, you know, conceptually to explain what we're doing, um, you can have a member um, and that member has or a patient uh, will have a spatial risk score that is attached to where this person lives. And that gives, you know, if it's in the EHR, the provider's ability at a quick scan, thumbs up, thumbs down, you know, is this person at a higher risk uh, depending on where they're coming from? And then that allows the provider to open up a conversation. You know, if it's this person is in a high risk area, then the provider can understand, okay, what is actually driving that? Is it an issue of transportation? Is it an issue of nutrition? Is it an issue, an issue of um, social isolation? Um, and then to some extent, it kind of helps um, circumvent the awkwardness in the beginning of the conversation to try to understand what's negatively affecting, you know, your patients right. um, and really uh, dive back into that. But back to the zip code, we see um, because, we use a, a proprietary unit of analysis uh, to run our spatial analytics. And it's not zip code. Zip code is really that like final cookie cutter that we put on top of it mm -hmm. uh, in order to provide the information back to our client because often enough, you know, you, you are kind of uh, limited to work within zip codes. So even within a zip code, we can see certain areas um, have a high risk. Um, because of whatever negative uh, factors and, you know, the lack of positive amenities in that area mm -hmm. versus other areas that um, are served quite well. And so, um, so just to, let me read this back to you. So basically for, for me as a patient or a member of a health plan, as an, for example, you know my street address. And so based on knowing that specific location where I live, you're able to overlay these different factors uh, to help create that risk score, right? Correct. So can you, I, and I think you've mentioned several of them, but what are some of the, some of those things that you might overlay on my address? You know, is it my distance from a park? Is it the, whether there are side, sidewalks on my street? What are, what are some of the things that you might include there? So some of the data points that we include along the way. Uh, and this is, it, it's a lot of work to get to um, the, the ultimate product that we end up talking about. Um, but some of the data points that we include is obviously demographics. Uh, we have geographies, 
Uh, we have educational institutions, um, healthcare institutions. Um, we have a lot of other publicly available data, um, businesses, um, commercial areas, retail restaurants. Uh, we have a couple of our own proprietary indices, for example, uh, a walkability score. So we can score an area uh, depending on its walkability. Um, these aren't, um, uh, you know, mapping out uh, sidewalks necessarily, but it is uh, being able to understand what areas, you know, people can take a, uh, um, you know, a relaxing walk on as some mm -hmm. form of uh, physical activity. Um, we also have another proprietary index called connectivity, which really takes into account um, a lot of the mass transit that any uh, city or municipality has um, and essentially gives you uh, a score of how connected any location is to another location in the city. Uh, so you might have mass transit, but you may be coming from an area that has none going to an area that has no access either. So hmm. those two areas are kind of, you know, not within that mass transit um, network. And so whether you're doing it today or whether it's something that you might consider in the future, I'm imagining, you know, could you overlay crime statistics, for example, uh, on a map like that or the Wi-Fi connectivity possibilities in an area? Like, are those things that either are or could be a part of a, a calculation like that? Absolutely. The nice thing about our system is that it's a bottomless pit in terms of data. It really can take in a lot of data and account for it. And part of the reason um, that we ended up going down uh, a very um, um, heavy technical platform is to allow for true machine learning when it comes to understanding what the relationships are between these different components mm -hmm. and how ultimately does it affect the health so that we can get to a point where we know, okay, if we have a population of diabetic patients and we know that fast food restaurants is not good for a diabetic patient, um, then, you know, is it one fast food restaurant that, you know, causes um, the, the problem? Do you need five? Is it 10? Is it a whole food court? Mm. So I think we need to get to a point where we can be very specific on, um, on knowing, you know, what are the different components and factors that's affecting our lives uh, in order to be able to plan for them accordingly. The other thing is um, the way that, you know, spatial analysis works is that there's really two ways to access the information, essentially mine the data that we have. Because mm -hmm. our, 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 our maps, we work in the world of maps, our maps is essentially our database. So if you think about a map, you know, you can drop a point um, anywhere and you can get all the information that you have around that point. Um, and you do that, you know, once, twice, thousand, 10,000, 100,000 times, depending on how many points you want to actually aggregate and analyze. Yep. Conversely, you can also identify uh, a particular area. If it's a, a market um, or if it's a particular, you know, population segment in a, within a different region, you can actually identify uh, a geographic area uh, and then um, within that, understand what the different segmentation of the population is. And that the is fascinating. We, what it allows us to do is kind of take, to, to look at, a very, you know, look at individuals, but then also mm -hmm. look at very large populations at the same time. And it allows us to do it continuously um, across the entire U.S. so that at the end of the day, you are always comparing apples to apples. Wow. 
So let's put this back. Let's zoom back out for a minute. You talked at the at the beginning of this example about um, you know being able to look in my health record, for example, and seeing a, a spatial risk score associated with me. Mm-hmm. What are the kinds of decisions that a clinician or that a health plan might be able to make based on having access to that? What would they do? Um, good question, because those are two very, very different um, kind of problems and use cases. Sure. So, and fig- pick you know, one from, if you like. No need to. No need to go down both rabbit holes. So yeah. So with the with the clinician, you know, kind of went into it a little bit before that. You know, if the clinician understands the background of the person, they can, um, you know, better prescribe the the course of action or the medication for their patient. For health plan. Um, you know, one of the interesting things that um, you've learned, and, and you kind of guess learn it when when you go into healthcare, is um, there's very little customization in terms of uh, putting to the, together the uh, benefits packages or the benefits right. programs. Um, they do kind of seem to be um, blanketed approach, um, but we believe that when a health plan uh, really understands and has the information of the different segments of the population understanding what that population needs, what that population's needs are, um, and uh, what potential services they would need, then it's much easier and more attainable for the, um, the, the payer to, to address those particular populations with more customized benefits. Sure. And so that's so they, might of, have, they might have like 10 discretionary interventions that they could choose from and choose the one that would make the most sense for me rather than trying to apply all 10, something like that. Exactly. Yeah? Exactly. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So t- tell us a little bit, and I, and I know we're moving really fast through this, Halit, so thank you for being patient with me jumping around, but tell us a little bit about the future. Where, where do you see this kind of work going? I, I got, I've gotten the sense through our conversation that some of the primary interest is coming from the health plans. Where else are you seeing interest and where else do you think we might see use cases developing? Um, so healthcare does seem to be going through um, a lot of changes and it seems like those changes are happening at a much faster pace than it has in the past. Um, that's going to cause a lot of discomfort especially since, um, you know, these institutions aren't used to and they're not built to, to, um, to move faster and to react faster. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it's our job to kind of help them along. Um, can't force them into this. Uh, our shiny uh, beacon, our, you know, big idea is what if healthcare can be customized to individuals? And that's something that, you know, we would love to be able to see one day that I, as Hilit, as, you know, the person that I am, where I live, you know, I need the certain benefits that would make my life better, which would be very different um, than another woman around the same age, same situation that I am that lives someplace else. I think what you're describing there sounds not like personalized medicine, but personalized health. You know, it includes diet, it includes fitness, it includes mental well-being. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible to think about uh, that kind of breadth. That's right. And we're talking about healthcare and we've learned that health is, you know, there, there's a lot of floating statistics out there. Um, the one that um, we cite is that less than half 
of a person of, of, of your health is really determined by any kind of medical intervention. So the question is, well, what's the other half? And we know that it's, it's a composite of a lot of different uh, components. One is, you know, physical activity and diet, nutrition, um, you know, social connectedness, you know, overall happiness. But those are things that are just very, very difficult to measure. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy today. I'm sad tomorrow. Does that mean I'm okay on average? Um, so, right. you know, and I know that there's, um, I'm sure that there's, you know, clinical approaches to this, um, but we're really talking about going back to the changes that are happening in healthcare. There's a need for uh, new business models in healthcare. Uh, and that's something that's uh, going to be very competitive going forward. And I think that's what's driving a lot of these different institutions um, to take a deep dive into analytics and to see what can they get uh, from advanced analytics and how can that set them apart uh, from their competition. I think that is a, a perfect way, actually, to encapsulate this conversation, Halid. We've been talking today with Halid Maydar Alfi, the CEO and founder at Spatially Health. Um, you can find more information on Spatially at spatially.com. That's S P A T I A L L Y.com. Uh, Halid, if people want to learn more about you and your work, are there any other places that they should consider going? Spatially.com is a great place. Um, I'm happy to share with the listeners uh, my email as well. It's my first name, Hilit, H-I-L-L-I-T, at Spatially.com. And, you know, any, any questions or any other comments, I'm happy to uh, talk with them. Fantastic. And if you're driving right now, don't worry about trying to find your pen and your purse. Uh, we will have all of these links in the show notes. Um, so, Halid, thank you so much for being with us on Data Point today. I'm really excited to stay in tune with the work that you're doing at Spatially Health, and uh, I hope you enjoyed your, your time with us. Very much so. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Data Point podcast. If you like what you've heard, please do rate, review, and share it with your social network. It means a lot. And if you have ideas for show topics or guests, please email them to me at greg at healthquant.health or send a direct message to at Chai Moose on Twitter. That's C-H-I-M-O-O-S-E on Twitter. For more information about this show or any of the terrific healthcare podcasts in the Touchpoint Media Network, check them out at touchpoint.health. See you next time.